Hey there, Pastor Mark Jordan here from Hope Church. Thank you for stopping by and welcome to our online ministry. While you're here, make sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can stay up to date on all the content that's released. And while you're online, visit us at our webpage at placeofhope.org. Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him. And we hope that this message today is helpful and inspiring for you as you continue to take your next step on your faith journey. Once again, thanks for visiting us and make sure to check us out at placeofhope.org. Hey, good morning, Hope Church. Welcome to my home, but more importantly, Merry Christmas. Uh, we had such a fantastic time last night uh, welcoming the birth of Jesus uh, into our mindset, into our culture, into our church with candlelight and Holy Communion. It is always a highlight for my year, a highlight for my life. I love it, and there's just nothing I love quite as much as being able to spend it with you uh, and with my family, my friends. And uh, speaking of which, we're doing this online virtual service this morning because it is Sunday morning, and I know families are uh, busy enjoying family time, but it's also important for us to think about uh, this Christmas road trip, the journey of a lifetime. Uh, and we're going to jump ahead really a couple days really in the life of the church as we think about uh, what took place there. But uh, today we're looking at the wise men and how they made their journey. Now to get to where the wise men uh, arrived at the manger, I want us to also think about uh, how Mary, the mother of Jesus, uh, exhibited such obedience and such surrender to God, and how uh, Joseph himself, as Jesus' adopted father, so to speak, uh, also exhibited obedience, but he exhibited courage and the willingness uh, to allow his integrity uh, to shine through. And so today we're looking at the Magi. Before we go there, I, I have a story that kind of reminds me uh, about that, about the journey that they took. Uh, Ethan was maybe about five years old or so, and it was the year that the Atlanta Falcons were in the playoffs, and they had gone to uh, to Green Bay, they had played in the Lambeau Field, uh, and it was that year that was such an amazing uh, run for the Falcons. Michael Vick was the quarterback back then, and uh, Tiffany wasn't all that interested in watching football. Who can blame her, right? So I decided to go into our master bedroom, uh, and Ethan was young, and he wanted to, you know, kind of go back and forth. But uh, there was this one little night light that we had plugged in. It was one of those uh, kind of glow light things. Uh, it takes very little energy, but we had it plugged into the wall. And for some reason, this night light that had been there for a little while uh, just really captured his imagination. And he was absolutely determined to get to that night light and to pull it out of the wall. Uh, and I did all kinds of things like trying to set up barriers with pillows or, you know, all kinds of little things to try to keep him from, uh, from playing in the electric outlet and uh, eventually there just really wasn't anything that I could do to stop him from getting to the outlet so I decided uh, I would take like, the fatherly approach right and I would uh, sit with him and I would just kind of show him about the nightlight and why we can't you know plug other things into the outlet and things like that and but it reminded me of those times when we see a light that captures our attention and grabs our imagination uh, and it just draws us. And I have to think that that's probably something akin to what the wise men felt when they started their journey, when they saw the Christmas star arise uh, and they followed it from the east. Now, sometimes uh, the wise men get a knock of being like kooky stargazers, but that really isn't likely what they were. Uh, and in fact, they came from the area known as Persia. Uh, Persia had a great military, second only to Rome, but they had a fantastic cavalry, uh, but also in terms of the government there in Persia, uh, kind of like our United, uh, United States Congress, 
they had uh, an upper house and a lower house. The lower house, kind of like our House of Representatives, were known as the Sophi, uh, and the upper house, kind of like our Senate, was known as the uh, Magistrates. And so throughout time, uh, the Magistrates has been sh likely shrieked or shortened uh, to Magi, which gives us the idea that these were probably top-level senators who were traveling to Bethlehem following that star because of the message that they were aware of that it was going to symbolize the birth of a new king. And so we oftentimes associate the, the Magi with three because of the gifts that they bring, you know, the gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, and we'll talk more about that in a moment. Uh, but the reality of them just traveling by themselves is really, really remote. Uh, and in fact, uh, chances are they had security attachments with them. They may, may have even had some soldiers there uh, that were guiding and protecting them along their way. Uh, and so we kind of get some insight as to why it was that Herod himself might have been so concerned. And we're going to read about that in, the, in our Bible lesson here in just a moment. But to really give it some thought, uh, even though Rome had the preeminent military at the time because of Persia's cavalry, uh, they had a tendency to get the upper hand in Rome. And so if Herod is hearing that these Persian lawmakers, kingmakers really, were coming from the east to pay homage to the newborn king, and they were likely bringing with them soldiers and uh, military uh, and, uh, and other you know, armed attachments, there's kind of some understanding here is to realize why Herod might have felt so threatened. A king was being born, kingmakers from Persia, who had the military might and wherewithal to be able to stand toe-to-toe -to -toe with Rome because of the cavalry. And so the message that comes to Herod that these uh, stargazers or kingmakers more accurately are coming to uh, to visit where the star, this astronomical phenomenon was taking place, it had Herod on edge. And so, uh, but because they were so absolutely diligent to follow uh, that star, we get that message about how they came uh, and why it was so intimidating, uh, at least potentially for Herod. So let's pick up with Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. I'm reading this morning from the message version because of uh, I love the way that it puts it at the very end. But uh, this is Matthew 2. This is Matthew's version of the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus. And so it picks up right after that. Uh, so let's pick it up. Verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship. A band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? You pick up on that? They were kingmakers from Persia. Where can they come and pay homage to the newborn king? And they pick up. We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified. And not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, Where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him, Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, and Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. We're talking about a major paradigm shift. And then continuing, from you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, my Israel. And don't forget, Jesus referred to himself as the great shepherd, right? Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east, pretending to be as devout as they were. He got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, Go find this child. Leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word, and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. 
They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother, overcome. They kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. The word of God for God's people. Let's give thanks to God. Amen. All right. So we have this story, right? The kingmakers from Persia, probably traveling with them, uh, a military attachment or some uh, other security forces coming in. Uh, Herod is worried. He's terrified, as the scripture tells us. The people of Jerusalem uh, and in Bethlehem, they're also worried because of what's happening. Uh, all of this is under Roman occupation. Don't forget that. And so they're worried that this may be the invasion and they may be coming to set forth a whole new paradigm by establishing a new king. Well, that's what they were doing, but it wasn't in the way that uh, the people expected. And that's been part of our reality ever since, hasn't it? We oftentimes confuse the way that God comes. Now, to this point in our story, we see that the the people who first acknowledged and recognized the birth of Jesus were, of course, were Mary and Joseph. That goes without saying, right? Then the shepherds who came from the fields, the last of the least, you know, the lowest of the low. And now these wise men or magi or potentially something akin to a senator coming from the east to worship the newborn king. It's a big deal. God is coming. and He's invading our world with this knowledge that he came for the last, the least, and the lost, like the shepherds and those who are outside of the Jewish mindset, the Jewish philosophy, the Jewish culture, the Jewish religion even. And so these magi, these wise men, these kingmakers came to pay homage to the newborn baby Jesus. And they brought with him, or brought with them for him, gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. Now those gifts carry with them quite some significance. The gold represents Jesus' role as the king of kings. They are basically coronating Jesus, so to speak, with some uh, some gold. Then the frankincense. Frankincense is a spice that is oftentimes used. Maybe you smelled it in essential oils or something like that. But that was a spice that was used in the incense for the worship led by the high priest. And so the frankincense tells us that Jesus is the high priest who comes for all. And then, of course, the myrrh is a spice that is used in preparation for burial. And so the myrrh represents Jesus's role to come as our king of kings, our high priest, and as our perfect sacrificial atonement of our sins. The gold for the king of kings, the frankincense for Jesus's high priest role, and then the myrrh indicating how he came to die for you and for me and for all the world. The last, the least, the lost, like the shepherds, even those outside of the Jewish culture and religion like the Magi. It's a beautiful story and it's an important story, a powerful story. And of course, it's set into motion some other events that are important for us to recognize. We'll pick up on those next week as we uh, gather for our birthday brunch. Don't forget about that, 9.45 a.m. on New Year's Day. I have a birthday brunch, a devotion, kind of like we did last year for Jesus' birthday brunch, but uh, I don't want to get ahead of that. There's something I want to hone in on as we begin to bring this devotion to a close today, and that is how even in spite of the terror that was being experienced by those in the town, and especially by Herod, when the Magi, the wise men, when they found the baby Jesus, it tells us that they were thrilled. They had arrived at the right place, and they had arrived at the right time. It was one of those things that was absolutely mind-bending and world-changing, paradigm-shifting stuff. They were at the right place at the right time. Have you ever been at the right place at the right time? I, got, I feel like every year we get to celebrate Christmas in the church with us, with singing Silent Night and raising the candles and sharing in Holy Communion. It's just, it's the right place at the right time. I can't imagine celebrating Jesus's birth without that. 
It's an absolutely incredible feeling. But have you ever been at the wrong place at the wrong time? I've taken back to 1995, December 17th, exactly. Uh, that was the day that my brother and I, we were going out to Cumberland Mall, actually, to go Christmas shopping for our girlfriends. Now, don't worry, it was Tiffany. We had just started dating at that time. Uh, but it was uh, in Smyrna. The traffic was abominable, and uh, I was kind of stuck in one lane. And uh, I decided to do uh, a quick lane shift, uh, but there was a blind curve there. And when I pulled my little pickup truck over into the right lane, there was this young girl driving a brand new Toyota Tercel, and she hit that truck. And I'll tell you what, the chrome bumper uh, on that Chevy S10 pickup truck sliced uh, all the way down her uh, Toyota Tercel like a hot knife through butter. No kidding. I was absolutely terrified. Now, of course, when the officer came and he was asking us questions and wanting to find out about what in the world happened and how this transpired here rush hour uh, just about a week or so before Christmas, uh, I told him the story about how I was stuck in traffic, and I looked, and it was kind of a blind curve. I didn't see her coming and I pulled and then we hit and, uh, and it slashed her car and, and the officer as he ripped off the, the traffic citation for an improper lane change he handed it to me and he said well son I guess you were just at the wrong place at the wrong time now wrong place at the wrong time you know it can be expensive it can be tragic uh, fortunately none of us were injured right uh, and, and thankfully we had that insurance that allowed for her car to get fixed and my truck to get fixed and uh, and you know we we kind of made it all right over the years uh, but it was one of those things that reminded me, of, yeah, it reminded me about what happens when we do find ourselves in the wrong place at the wrong time. And it occurs to me that maybe this year, as the world is celebrating Christmas and the birth of Jesus, that uh, you don't have that feeling of joy like you're at the right place at the right time. Uh, maybe you sense more of the, the myrrh, like the impending sense of doom uh, that was the gift to Jesus, as opposed to things like the gold and the frankincense and the gifts under your tree. Maybe there are no gifts under your tree. Maybe a loved one who you've celebrated Christmas with uh, for days or decades or whatever uh, is no longer with you, and those can bring about heavy moments. But I want you to know something that what we see from this uh, Christmas road trip, this journey of a lifetime, and I proclaim it from my house here, uh, is that God came. He invaded our darkness. He split creation. He split time in two so that we would know that he comes for us, the last, the least, and the lost, those who feel outside or outsiders. And he comes not expecting our gifts. He's not asking us to give him gold or frankincense or myrrh, but when he comes and he does ask, it's for us to do like the Magi did, to worship him, to adore him, to bow down, and to acknowledge that he is indeed the king of kings, the high priest who came to separate us and bring us the atonement for our sins through his sacrificial death. And so as we bring this message to a close today, I want you to think about uh, how Jesus is indeed the king of kings for you, how the frankincense or the role of the high priest, the worship that we are called to bring and to give to Jesus, how that can set our lives and our hearts on fire for him, but also to the myrrh, the burial spice that reminds us that Jesus died for our sins and it's because of him that we can live and live forever. Uh, if this is a, a life-altering or paradigm-shifting message for you, uh, a very special mess, Merry Christmas as well. I would encourage you to reach out to me and let me walk with you, work with you, pray with you, help you think about how God sent Jesus for you in the midst of the darkness, in the midst of the calamity and the chaos and all that other stuff. This is the perfect time to be at the right place at the right time. And so uh, reach out to me. My email address, very simply, mark at placeofhope.org. Uh, I would love to hear from you. I would love to find out how I can walk with you and help you on your own Christmas road trip journey, that it may be the journey of a lifetime for you and that you may experience the love of God this Christmas uh, like never, ever before. 
Merry Christmas, my friends. Have a wonderful day celebrating the birth of Jesus with your friends, with your family, with your loved ones. And again, if it is a hard time, remember that God came and as the light of the world, he pierced the darkness. He gathers together all those who may be thought of as the last, the least, and the lost, and those who are outside of the, the preconceived notion and understanding about what it is that we do and who it is that we are because God came for you and for me, for the salvation of the world. This is the right place at the right time. Merry Christmas, my dear friends, my loved ones, and make sure that as we celebrate, that we do so with great joy and anticipation for who God is, because he came for us in Jesus. He is with us still and promises to return again. So may that be our emphasis and our goal as we celebrate this Christmas forever and ever. Have a great week. Thank you again for joining us today. We are glad that you stopped by. Again, we want to encourage you to visit us online at placeofhope.org. If you're in the Paulding County area, there you can get service times, directions, and information about all of our awesome activities for children, for students, and for adults. Again, Hope Church is on a mission to introduce people to Jesus and fuel their love for Him, and we hope to provide you the heart fuel you need to follow Jesus. Thanks again.